The fall toy show season has officially begun. Last weekend was RetroCon in Oaks, Pennsylvania. And this weekend was the Cincinnati Toy Show and the Xenia Toy Show, both in Ohio. Coincidentally, this weekend is also the weekend of the Delaware Toy Show. A combination train and toy show that has been happening every October since the 1990s. This is a trip down to Newcastle to see old friends and to hunt for vintage and modern Star Wars toys. This is the weekend of the Delaware Toy Show. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Yesterday was the train show, the train part of it, and today is the toy part of it. Uh, please excuse my wipers. There's nothing I can do, but uh, it's it's just it's, it's raining now as I'm driving, so I'll try to keep them intermittent, but I don't know if I can do that. Um, it's really nice so far. It's 54 degrees, which is a lot different than it was even last week when it was 80. But we are now firmly rooted in fall. This weekend is the Cincinnati Toy Show, and it's one of the first times that I haven't gone out to it. I went last year. I didn't go in 2020 because of the pandemic, uh, but other than that, I haven't missed one really since 2017. I decided not to go out this year, um, and that, that's okay. It, it sounds like uh, there weren't a ton of people going uh, that normally go. So I, I don't know what the experience would have been like. I'm hoping to talk to some people about it uh, very, very soon. Um, and I, I've heard some really interesting things from last night's setup. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to share that with you at some point. But the Delaware show is a really nice one. Um, it's, it's put on in Newcastle, Delaware uh, at the Nur Shrine. It's a meeting place. Uh, it has a gymnasium. Uh, it's an activity center and kind of a lodge, I guess, where, where people meet and hang out. Um, but it's um, it's a really nice place. It's not huge, but it's to me it's just the right size. There are two rooms. One is the big gymnasium, and then one is a smaller room off to the side. Uh, it's the place where I first met Eric Janicki, 
Um, he's a collector. You, if you listened to the podcast before, he was on episode 99, which was a live panel from the annual where he talked about finding the only carded rocket fed in existence, the, the one from Toy Fair. And he had the fortune and, and the luck of, of finding that one. Um, it looks like it stopped raining, which is good. And the sun's coming out now. But so I, I met Eric in, back in 2017 at the show. I didn't know him. Uh, he just, he had a number of Star Wars items on his table. And I was walking up and I started to talk to him about that. And uh, I was just asking him about certain pieces that he had. He had, I think, a lot of loose figures and play sets. And I think we talked for like an hour. And, you know, we just found out that we knew uh, some of the same people, you know, in our collecting circles. Uh, and then we got to know each other a little bit over that time. But one of the coolest surprises was, I think I would say, probably month or so later, um, we were in New York together traveling to different collectors' homes, different locations within New York for the International Collectors event. And it was so cool because I didn't, I didn't know too many people at the time. I was newer to the, the clubs and to the community, um, you know, beyond Facebook. Uh, but I mean, just, you know, to, to see a familiar face and to travel with them and to really get to know them over the weekend was really incredible. Uh, and that weekend was topped off by a get-together at Paul Chu's house, uh, his apartment uh, in the city, where he and Paul and Ron, Salvatore, and a few others uh, recounted the entire story of how they found the rocket fat uh, and, and how they how they authenticated it. Um, you know, really fascinating. So that's how I met Eric. Uh, it took place at the Delaware show. I also met, I believe, Mike Mensinger for the first time at the, at the show as well, too. And that was in early 2017. That was right before, I think it was a week before, Celebration Orlando. And I met him and Richard Delgatti. You know, I was just really excited to, to meet them. And pretty much almost every show, I think, every Delaware show I've been to, I think Mike and Rich have, have been to it, which is really nice. Um, and uh, I've met some really great people at this place, too. Uh, Glenn and Linda are a couple. And I, I met them and um, really got to, to know each one of them personally uh, by talking to them at the show. And so I look forward to seeing them every time I go. Ben Leach is a, another uh, frequent attendee of, of the show, and sometimes he sets up as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I got to see him last week at RetroCon, which was in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Really nice show. And uh, we got to talk for a while. Uh, I got to walk around with Mike as well, too. And, uh, of course, uh, no Delaware show would be complete without the infamous, <laughs> the wonderful Pete LaRose, uh, who's a, another good buddy of mine. And, um, you know, I was able to, uh, to walk around with, with Mike, uh, at RetroCon last week and Pete was set up. So we got to help him set up and got to hang out with him for a while, which was just great. But anyway, so Delaware is really nice. Um, it is a gymnasium and it looks like a gymnasium from when you went to school uh, if you went to school in like the 80s and 90s, 
It's a, it's a large, you know, basketball court gymnasium. And then it has a little, you know, a darker wood, wooden stage uh, that, that juts out. And, and so people put their tables on there. Eric's table is usually, you know, back on top of the stage. Uh, I think the first time I met him, it was in a smaller room. We do tend to get some good Star Wars vendors, which I like. Uh, my favorite type of vendor is the, the person who uh, just decides that they have a lot of stuff at their house and brings it for sale for the first time. And, and that's, that's the type of a vendor you get. Um, not all the time, but, uh, but certainly enough to make it worthwhile and interesting. Take I just love this show. It, it, it'll sound strange. It'll sound strange, but it, it, it feels a little bit like a family reunion um, because you just you tend to see a lot of the same faces and uh, and you get to know people and, and it's just it's nice to be able to go up to people that you haven't seen in half a year and, and to have conversations or to walk around with your, your good friends, you know, and people who share the same interests as you with toys and, and understand stuff. Uh, I find when I walk around with people, I find when I walk around with people like, like Pete and Mike and Eric and Ben, you know, I, I feel like I, I always learn something, you know, like it's a, like it's a little uh, class because they know so much and, um, and their stories are, uh, are fascinating. But, uh, but anyway, it's just, it's another great show to, to attend. If you are in the Delaware area uh, during uh, the, the month of April or October, and you're able to, to attend the show, uh, it's great. It is, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a smaller show where it's, you know, it's smaller than, say, Columbus uh, or even Cincinnati. Again, it's a, it's a gymnasium. It's really the size of a gymnasium, but it's packed. People bring really great stuff, and uh, you just never know what you'll find. So, not bad for a Sunday morning. I feel alive, awake, and alert. Uh, I feel blessed by God, and I hope you do as well, too. And we'll see what happens. Uh, I have maybe about another hour or so of a drive. So hopefully the, the rain will subside for a little bit, but as of right now, it's not a bad ride. And we'll uh, we'll tour this the show together. Okay, as you can probably hear, uh, <laughs> the rain has gotten a lot heavier now. Uh, I think we're seeing this is the uh, the results of, of uh, the hurricane Hurricane Ian that that hit Florida and Puerto Rico and the Carolinas. Um, this is this is a this is pretty bad driving. Uh, I've, I've seen about four or five accidents in the span of about five to ten minutes. Um, I knew it was supposed to rain. I was not expecting this. Uh, it, it, it came down really heavily uh, about maybe ten, ten minutes or fifteen minutes ago. And then it, it slowed down a little bit and now it's picked back up. So... I'm going to focus on, on driving for now, but I just wanted to check in. Uh, everything is still good, and I'm about 40 minutes away.
can't wait to, to go to the Delaware show uh, and to see everybody and hopefully I won't be stuck out in the rain <laughs> waiting to get in but uh, but I'm, I'm going early admission which is nice uh, so it, I think it costs five dollars to get in generally uh, and then they made it so it's fifteen dollars to get in for early admission and that way you get to shop the show an hour early uh, which I always like always prefer um, and, and again, you just you never know. One time I was at the Delaware show, I was standing in line to get in, and there was a, a dealer who walked in, and uh, before the show opened to the early uh, admission buyers, uh, he came walking out with a case of carded Return of the Jedi figures. Uh, I found out later that he had made the deal in advance, um, but just to see something like that, that's one of those moments where you go, oh my gosh, I woke up at like you know, 5.30 in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning to, to get here, and I missed that by minutes, but it turned out that he had actually done that well in advance. So, all right, it is gray and dreary. Uh, I can only see you know a, a few yards in front of me right now. Uh, the rain is coming down pretty pretty heavily and pretty steadily, but uh, it's not as bad as it was. The roads were starting to flood before, so so that's that's your weather check-in <laughs> from meteorologist David Quinn. Uh, anyway, I, I I hope you're having a a, a good day as, as you're listening to this, and uh, we are going to be traveling into the uh, the Delaware Toy Show very soon. So please come along with me; it'll be a lot of fun. around now I'm in the, the back of the uh, the toy show there's some really interesting stuff here uh, we have a number of loose strawberry shortcake dolls we have some Migos um, I'm seeing some vintage Star Wars stuff where we have a Y-Wing uh, the white uh, the TIE Fighter and uh, the ATST Walker oh there's also that's pretty cool we have Snow Speeder, a Wampa, and there's some vintage collection. All the vintage Star Wars stuff has been cleaned and restored. Okay. So like the X-Wing, it's got new stickers. Oh, okay. And, it's, and I built a custom canopy for it. 3D printed it, or? It, it's 3D, and then I put plastic in for the windows. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Thank you. I like that. Yeah, it reminds me of the Rogue One. Yeah, very cool. Nice job. Thank you. Okay, so to give you an idea, just still in the back here, but... There are Power of the Force 2 figures, uh, a lot of Lego stuff here. Uh, so there's a, there are some models as well, too, that seem to be from, I'd say, the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Board games, records. Uh, there's some, some animation. Um, I think, uh, like, character sketches and stuff from the 60s, from, like, the Looney Tunes era. Well, you guys got, uh, 
met up with uh, Mike Mensinger and uh, Rich Delgatti, and so I'm going to catch back up with them now. Okay, I've been here an hour, and so far, and I'm looking through stuff. So far, I found a, a Jawa and a Luke Jedi figure, uh, which I was happy to, to pick up, and um, it's been really cool so far. This has actually been one of the best shows uh, that I've been to, where it's just been really relaxed and easy. Uh, people have some great stuff. Right now, I'm standing in front of a, a table that has a whole bunch of Disney stuff going back, I would say, probably to the 80s and 90s. Um, but it's just, it's been, it's been really nice. This has been a more relaxed show. And I've gotten to see a lot of great people, uh, which has been a blessing. So just still browsing, still looking for stuff. So the prices at this show are very interesting. Um, you have some vendors that set up, and they tend to set up in the same spots. And uh, it looks like they haven't changed their prices from when they were at their peaks. And then you have other sellers that are offering figures at great prices. Um, I was able to pick up a, um, a complete Jawa with a blaster and a, and a cape in really good condition for about $20, which was not bad at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the prices aren't too bad. There's some really nice pieces, too. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of superpower stuff. Um, there are the original Ghostbusters and the, the retro collections. You have to be very careful when you're, you're buying. But um, for the most part, the prices seem to be better than they have been over the past year. and They seem to have come down a bit. It's also nice, too, because when you go to a show like this, you don't know what you're going to find. And, I mean, there's everything. Transformers. In fact, I'm standing in front of an Omega Supreme uh, complete right now for $325. Um, you know, an original one, which is great. Uh, looking, Walking across the aisle, I see a bunch of loose G.I. Joe figures, uh, Super Nintendo games and Nintendo games uh, that are loose as well. There is, if you're a Clone Wars fan, there's an ambush on the Vulture's Claw Battle Pack, uh, which is selling for $150, which seems a little steep. I haven't looked at one in a while. I know the, the um, Ahsoka figure sells for between $50 and $75 by herself uh, because she has a special poncho that you can't get with any other one. So the show itself is not that busy. I've, I've been here in past years, and it's always just you know open to the public. Uh, at 10 o'clock so we're past the early bird time but um, I've been here in past years where it's been really hard to, to navigate through the aisles and it's not a, not the case um, right now but um, wow somebody has Walt Disney character soap where it has Alice the white rabbit it's, I think it's missing one more um, and it's in the box and it's you know the soap is still there and I, it has to be from the 60s so really great piece to see um, all right, I'm going to keep walking around. As always, no Delaware show would be complete without a visit from Yanache. <laughs> if you were, if you joined us at the annual or joined us virtually at the annual, um, yes, I'm standing here with Eric Janicki, good friend of mine. Uh, I had mentioned earlier uh, that um, we that this is the the place where you and I met. Yes. Yeah. So I guess it was like. A couple of years before the pandemic. 2017. 2017, yeah. yeah. So uh, you just strolled on up, and we saw the vintage Star Wars I had, and 
you know, we just got to talking and formed a great friendship that, you know, to this day is one of my, uh, you know, that, that's one of my favorite parts of the hobby is just on any given day you can meet someone that you just know you're going to be friends with for the rest of your life. So it's And it was cool. crazy because it was totally random. It oh, wasn't yeah. like I knew that you were in the Empire State Club or, you know, yeah. anything like that. It was yeah. Just, yeah, or the DC or, or the Club. DC yeah, club. The yeah. DC club. Yeah. yeah, and then we just started throwing names out of who we knew, and it was pretty apparently clear that um, we were running in the same circle. We just hadn't met yet, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then we, I think we hung out, I want to say a few weeks later, at, at ICE, at the ICE event. Yeah, yeah, so. yep, so that was kind of cool, or maybe it was at Paul Chu's house or something. Yeah. I know yeah, Paul was having an event, um, so yeah. It's, it's been awesome, and, and to me, like, being able to do the panel with you at this mm-hmm. last annual was, was kind of special, and it made me think of, you know, just... At a, as a random run-in, you know, meeting like that, we probably would have met anyway through our yeah. circle of friends. Yeah, yeah. But just to, to meet like that and then to come up and to do something together, right. uh, which was kind of a joint project, it was really fun. Yep, I, I had a blast doing that. And of course, your podcast is uh, wildly successful, so um, <laughs> that topic was pretty cool. What was uh, what was the annual like for you? I never really got to ask you. Um, it was probably one of my more favorite events I've been to recently, just because I felt like relaxed um you know and I, I wasn't like running around doing a ton of different things i was just there just to hang out so i actually enjoyed this one um for some reason you know i just felt more relaxed and i was just able to sit around and chat with people and hang out so i really really had a good time so did you feel like you got to take a lot of it in because for me i loved it but it was the fastest uh, event i've ever experienced well, I didn't do, like, the hike the day before. Um, I guess, I don't know. I, I had, I guess it went by fast, but for me, like, it seemed, like, slow, actually. I had a different experience than you, maybe. I mean, I, I just, maybe, again, I just felt relaxed, and I was able to chat, chit-chat with a bunch of different people, um, which is why I went. Um, and I, I didn't lug around uh, too much stuff for room sales, although I guess I kind of did. Yeah, so, so what's the show been like for you so far here? Uh, it's been going pretty good. I, I like this show. It's local for me. It's only like a little over an hour's drive, um, and they always have good foot traffic, for, you know, customers coming in. Um, and the variety of dealers from, like, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s toys to vintage Star Wars to, you know, slot cars, anything, you know, die cast. So it's a great show for variety, not not a ton of um, just modern pops and stuff like that, you yeah. know. Yeah, so. It really covers, I would say, the last 70 years of, of toys. Yeah, absolutely. So, and the buyers are buying everything from, you know. I've sold some of my sister's Barbies here today. so um, <laughs> Which you were very excited yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So I can't wait to, to text her and let her know. So, but yeah. So I love this little... It's a little show. You know, it's one day. But um, I, you know, I've always had fun here and done, did well. And this whole section is yours? Because, yeah. I mean, you're running what? Is this like 16 feet? Uh, yes. Yeah, three tables. I guess eight, eight foot tables. Oh, okay. Three eight foot tables. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's, it's not expensive to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's another good thing as a dealer. So. How, how do you... How do you plan for a show like this? Like, what kind of stuff do you think to bring? Is it just a little bit of everything? Or so, do you... for this size show, I pretty much bring everything I have for sale. Um, you know, because I have... The, the space is big enough for me to bring it all, and it all fits in my car. Mm-hmm. So, it just kind of works out. So, for me to plan for it, I just price everything that I have for sale. Okay, smart. Yeah, so I don't really have to pick and choose. Because so. you have a lot of mixed media here. You have things like magazines and, and posters. Um you have some larger items down there, the, the sheets. Can you tell me what they are? 
Yeah, so those there's a couple uncut top sheets, um, some that came directly from tops, and then some that you could buy like QVC um, from the '90s. Like yeah, yeah, from yeah. the '90s. Yep. Um, yeah, and they're like from Star Wars Galaxy series, and then some of the wide, earlier Wide Vision sets, and then there's just some random promotional posters and stuff like that in those sheets. So yeah, but I, I, I to, to go back to your question about how they prep for show, I learned a long time ago from Andy, helping Andy Loney at shows is um, his booth is always packed and always crowded because he has a variety of stuff. It's not just all one type of thing. So that's kind of the the model I copied is you know bring anything and everything. Um, so people spend time at your booth. They're digging through magazine boxes or you know digging through bins and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, and you, you end up, you know, taking a lot of stuff home because you're bringing a lot of stuff. But you know, someone finds that one thing in that stack of magazines that they've been looking for, so that's kind of cool. So, and you're not trying to, you're not trying to plan your audience in advance, which you can't do. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, what is this? So you have this huge, looks like this huge cardboard thing in front of us. Yeah, that um, is from uh, Star Wars Celebration. I don't know which one, but it was a display from the trading card booth. Okay, and it's Qui Gon. Very, very yeah. nice. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I got a. Uh, don't have any paper for you. I can double that. I love those glasses. They're so cool. Yeah. They're, these these always sell so well. <laughs> Should have said that. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. They're just. So we, I mean, because people use them. If you don't mind me asking you, what did you just purchase? So it is a, a collectible Pepsi or Coca-Cola Star yeah. Wars glass from the 1980s for The Empire Strikes Back, but it features Boba Fett. Um, Beautiful art. Yeah, they're great. I, I remember you know getting them when I was younger, you know, much younger. But uh, <laughs> it's nice to see them and, and spot them. So it was a real and fun. and to not be broken or uh, or cracked or anything. oh, it's in great condition. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, I'm glad you're able to pick it up. I'm Very sure. cool. That, that art, they don't make things like that anymore, promotional stuff. So, yeah, when you can get one, especially with Boba Fett on it, it's a win. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you, and they're nice. I mean, you can set them up, you know, yeah. display them, and they look great. Yeah. You know, the, the Star Wars figures, I mean, I grew up with all this, of course, and it's fun, so but this is, like, you know, this is like durable, adult, collectible. And also something that you use. So as a, yeah, as a so there's a, a nostalgic yeah. little yeah. bit, too. Cool. Have a good day. Good shopping, nice to meet you. So is there anything that you're looking to purchase either while you're here or over the next few weeks? Um, so when I came today, there wasn't anything particular in mind, and I haven't really had a good chance to walk around. So it would just be something that uh, caught my eye, but yeah, nothing in particular. Okay. Yeah. What do you find that you're most drawn to now as a collector? Hmm. So I've recently started trying to re-complete, or I never completed it, but complete my vintage box set of vehicles and play sets. Mm -hmm. So if I find a good deal at like a state sales or, you know, or at a show or something, I've been, you know, trying to fill in those gaps. Um, and I'm always looking for, you know, screening badges and uh, premiere tickets, you know, ephemera, stuff like that from uh, some special event screenings oh, and things okay. like that. Yeah. Uh, have you picked up anything like that recently? No, but I'm looking for the badge for the premiere of Andor. 
um, that they had. Um, I guess it was in Hollywood. You know, they did a, like a premiere event, and there's, you know, the attendees got a badge, and I'm sure there's a staff badge and things like that, you know, on a lanyard. So I'm looking for those. They just started to pop up on eBay. So, okay. yeah, so. Oh, that, that's really, and Andor is turning out to be, a, have you watched it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's turning out to be a fantastic Yeah, show. it's probably my favorite Disney Plus show so far, um, Star Wars related. So, yeah, I've really been enjoying it, so. Yeah, I, I, I love the casting, um, the characters, the vibe is just cool. So my wife's enjoying it too, so that's always Oh, it's a nice plus. you guys yeah. can watch it together. <laughs> yeah. I like that. All right, well, uh, your table's starting to get a little busy, so uh, we will continue our chat in a little bit. Thanks, David. Love you, man. Love you. So I'm walking around with my friend Audrey. Audrey, how old are you? How old are you? Are you three? No. Are you you're zero? You're zero years old? Okay. How old are you, really? Three? Zero. Okay. Zero. Yeah, so Audrey and I are walking around, and Audrey is the daughter of Pete. And Audrey, what'd you buy today? Nothing. <gasps> That's a lie. What'd you get? Nothing. Did you get some bunnies? Oh, cool. Let me see the menu. That's a hamburger. Thank you. What does it do? Let me. I took a picture of this too. I don't know if that's like extra. It's two dollars. It's two dollars. How do you know it's two dollars? They told me. Oh, is that what you want? It's so crazy. I want this. You want oh, she was looking at that earlier. Oh, that would be both of those would be five bucks for both of them. I told her is that three dollars on that, and then so it'd be five. All okay. Together. Is that what you want? Mm-mm. Okay. Man. You can decide. All right. I think she's still deciding, but thank you. Filipino food truck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking a little break. It's about 11 o'clock, and I'm sitting at Pete's table while he and his daughter Audrey go out uh, outside to get some food. They have some food trucks outside, which is always nice. Um, so I'll give you an idea of what Pete has in front of his table. He has the header to an original 1996 Power of the Force display, um, which has the, the Vader helmet. Um, it has, I believe this is the one that has some ink touch-ups on it, but it's $50, great price. Um, he has three posters. Um, they might be original. Uh, one is folded, but it's, uh, it's Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and uh, they're about $50 each. He has something called Fairy Tales Curly Q Boutique, um, which was marketed toward girls. I'm going to say it's probably, from the looks of the girl on the side of the box with a side ponytail, say 1980s. Um, he has a complete Jabba the Hutt um, in the box, and it's I believe it's the French version or the bilingual uh, box, and it's 200. Last Action Hero Evil Eye Roadster for the villain. Um, a Fisher Price Adventure People Action Pack Land Speed Racer in the box, $75. Um, he has the Imperial Attack Base from the Press Strikes Back and the Droid Factory from Star Wars. Uh, one of the larger pieces he has is the Princess of Power Crystal Falls playset, which I guess is the equivalent of um, something like the Castle the, the, Yeah, Castle Grayskull or the Fright Zone, yeah. Are you are you having fun shopping today? Is it? Yeah, I bought, I bought uh, three comics. Oh, what kind of comics? So. Just some generic. Oh, Spidey Super Stories. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to complete a collection. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I, does I got, the art for these? Um, 
I really don't know to tell you the truth. Okay. Everything. I knew this was kind of rare because I said it has like the first appearance of Silver Surfer mm-hmm. or in that realm or whatever. And some of these, you know, that I have, you know, are, you know, you got, you know, issue 25 where it's the reverse Spider-Man, kind of like what you would call um, the Scarlet Spider kind of thing mm-hmm. back in the day. And you got the Cosmic Cube, which is, you know, for, like, I think it's like the third appearance of Thanos. Oh, okay. I may be wrong, but it's somewhere in that area. And it has him on there, and you know, with Cosmic Cube, and you know, different things like that. They, they're, they're different issues. I mean, so you know, it's a little bit. You know, so you have a checklist, and you're just crossing it off. Oh yeah, every time so you that's my checklist. Everything I went through, everything last night. Some of this is more modern, mm-hmm. but a lot of my stuff is, you know, more geared towards the '60s and '70s. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have a huge run of you know, amazing that is probably almost. I think from probably issue 100 to 700, to 700, I'm only missing like maybe like 10 issues. Oh wow! Okay. And then how long have you been doing that for? My mom and dad started buying me comics and toys back in you know when I was you know you know, I was born in the 70s, so you know you grow up with all that you know with you know the Star Wars and all that stuff like that. I really wish I had my Jawa back because I had a uh, you know vinyl cape Jawa, which is worth like three thousand dollars now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but unfortunately that. I don't have it. And you know, just yeah, you know, I've been collecting for most of my life. You know, and I love it. You know, never gonna, I'm not giving it up, no matter who says or whatever else like that. So I keep Another finding things so. in a race like yeah. that. So you know, I'm looking and deciding everything. Yep. I said I actually ran into some Treasury editions that I'm thinking about getting but I think he's a little bit high on his prices okay but don't you know, tell him that <laughs> you know, if, you, if you wait long enough they usually come down so I'm trying but I said <laughs> I actually have a um a treasure edition of Spider-Man and um, Superman together and the story behind the book is that when I bought it it was signed by Stan Lee back to 76 mm-hmm. well when I got it home and I actually looked through the book before I, before I put it in a sealer there's actually a um, a letter in there from Marvel Comics where another artist was supposed to be signing it. And in the letter it said that, you know, this artist, such, I don't remember his name, but it was such and such. And, you know, sorry to uh, have to do this to you, but, you know, he was ultimately fired, you know, from the company. Oh, wow. And really, yeah. And it said that Stan Lee had or came in and actually signed a book or signed a couple of the books, and that I actually have that that letter inside the book. That's beautiful. So it's actually it's actually a pretty cool thing to look at because when you read it, you're just like, wow, it was actually signed by this. But yo, know, I was fortunate enough to that whoever had it never took the letter out. Bruce, that's a really nice and, surprise. And I mean, it, it's really cool because. When I when I found it and I took it to a friend of mine who owns a shop and everything and I showed it, I showed it to him. He's just like, yeah, well, you know, Stanley's autograph is worth like three hundred bucks. And I was just like, well, let me show you this. And I pulled the letter out. He's just like, what's this letter? And I and he started reading. It. He said, man, that's really that's really cool. That's awesome. You know, and it just like it 
it's it's really cool. <laughs> it's not something that you'd it. see every day, too. No, no, no. Especially from that, because you never really see you know where, where one guy would have actually signed it and then lost his job, and then another guy, another guy that's more prominent in the name. I mean, you're talking about Stan Lee yeah. and everything. And I mean, he signs it. You know, the letters in there sends it back to whoever you know, send it in or whatever else like that. And you know, you actually have that prominence with it. Everybody, so that gives it more prominence to know that you know here Dave might have signed it, but Dave don't work well, there anymore. Yeah, it has Stan has to work value on it now. at that point. Yeah, so. it has more value to it. Very cool. But I will never sell it. Uh, understandable. <laughs> I will never sell it. But Bruce, it was a pleasure to meet you and, yeah, and to nice talk to, to you on this. Man. Yeah, appreciate good luck for the rest of the show, and I hope you're able to pick up a, a number of items too. Hey Pete, there she is. I see her up on stage. <laughs> She thought I was calling her over. Yeah. She She wanted to know why people are on stage. Are they going to sing? I was like, well, if you go on stage, you have to sing. (laughs) So what's up? So uh, what are you drinking for breakfast there? Uh, This is my my, uh, afternoon snack, actually. Hang in there. It is a uh, black cherry white claw because... I had to take some medicine, so I figured, what better way? What better way on a Sunday morning? Absolutely, I, I like it. I like you roll in style. I try. <laughs> um, so I was uh, when you went out to, to get food for uh, for you and Audrey. I was going through some of the, the pieces that you have. Um, what are some of the ones that you brought that like I, I love? So you, you have GoBot stuff, and you have something that I've never really seen at any other show, and it's the Leader One friendly GoBot set where it's, yes. it's dress up set. Yeah. So it's a dress up set. So yeah, so like you said, so Audrey's here, my daughter. Um, so I uh, I packed a little differently than normal. I packed with stuff that I could easily quickly throw out and pack up. It wasn't going to take a lot of time because I figured that she was going to be a little bit of a handful, which she has kind of been. But she's been doing good. She's actually how old is she now? She's six. She got a bunch of free stuff from vendors. She keeps walking back saying this was free, that was free. I'm like, ah. We can literally see her from here. She's up on the stage right now. Yeah, she. (laughs) But she has her. She has some money. She she has so. I'm sure she'll spend it all instead of you know deciding to go home with some money. (laughs) But uh, so I kind of just picked uh, more box stuff this time versus smaller items. I kind of just threw a few things together. And you just you just sold a really nice uh, Star Wars piece. What was that? Uh, Imperial attack base in the box. So it was unused in the box uh, with the cardboard insert. The box had some damage, uh, but it was on the backside, so the front of it looked really nice. Um, so I was able to move that. I priced it fair. Um, you know, I try to try to look at what's, what things are going for online and then take 20, 25% off and then pr- price it at that instead of pricing things at what they're selling for. You've been doing this for such a long time. I mean, you really have it down to a science, you know, especially with prices yeah. where your stuff moves. I've been selling mm-hmm. since, I think it's 94 now. Oh, my 95. gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. It's actually technically a... It's not. It's a hobby that could technically be a career. If it was a, uh, yeah, yeah. if if it was a state job, I'd be in retirement. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, it's it's kind of like you said. It's kind of down to a science, but it's also down to a point where I can look at the table and there's like ten items that, God forbid, there was an issue we had to get out of the, out of the here. Or if I had to take home with me, I'd have like five to ten items tops. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, I don't really care about. It's mm-hmm. just kind of. It's but, just stuff at that point. But all of the stuff here, too, and, and I, I always mention this because I think it's really special, that you find items that are, are very cool, like the, even the Princess of Power playset, something that you wouldn't normally see at a show. I got more cake. Oh, Audrey's back here. What happened? I have 
have changed now, see? You have changed? Why'd you get changed? You had to fight Ella Bill. I bought something. Oh, you bought something. Oh, okay. What'd you buy? I bought more of those things, and that's it. More of the bunnies? Oh, the little bunnies? Where are the bunnies? In there. Oh, in your box? So, great. She's starting young. <laughs> She's a collector like her dad. She is, yeah. yeah. Great. Um, have you picked up anything for your collection lately? Picked up some prototypes for some uh, McFarlane stuff. From a, a, a source, um, but other than that, nothing major. I'm kind of getting back on my baseball kick, my baseball card kick. So, I mean, so you collect baseball cards, but you collect them from a certain era, right? Yeah, just from the 20s to the 60s, so 1920s to the 19 early mid 1960s. So, and what is your dream piece? Uh, I still want. I mean, so my my grail piece on that and I say grail because that's what everybody uses these days mm-hmm. is obviously it's, it's a 52 mantle which is a that's a mantle's rookie card from Topps um, there's also a 51 Bowman um, so but the 52 Topps mantle is like the dream piece and why why is the 52 mantle so rare it's his first Topps card but at the same point it really looks it's, it's a really beautiful card the coloring uh, the light blue coloring in the background. Um, prior, I mean, so it's an expensive card. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 grade-wise, uh, a nice centered 4 would run you about $120,000 to $150,000. So I, that's that's kind of where I want to be on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my price range is just north of 100000 on a f- nice 4. So I gotta find one. Is it true that a lot of them were were lost essentially, and, and that's why they're they're rare? There's a story that yeah, it was a high number card, and tops had a ton of, ton of excess, and then they they sunk a barge with them and whatnot. But I never really got into that part of it. I just kind of, I mean, it's a cool story, mm-hmm. but. Uh, if anything else, stories are kind of stories, mm-hmm. and they kind of change over the years. Yes. So from 1952 to 2022, <laughs> who knows how accurate that story was? Sure. So, but it, it very possibly could be. I, 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 I've never done the research to know one way or the other. Okay. Have you sold any uh, any other Star Wars stuff here today? I sold a loose Adat. Um, sold a box slave one. Uh, sold a box Imperial. Uh, uh, attack base. Attack base. How was the slave one? It was the box was so so. No insert. It was loose loose in the box. Okay. So, but it was, it was complete. You know, which is rare, I guess, these days. So yeah, it was complete. absolutely. It was complete. Um, yeah, there's a so the, the guy who who flies it. His name is Boba Fett. You're probably not familiar with him. Right? Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> have Have you picked up anything for yourself today? Nothing. I bought some stuff to resell, but other than that, nothing. Okay. So the only thing I bought a box of Star Trek Hallmark ornaments to resell. Mm-hmm. Tis the season. Tis the season. Uh, it's a good show so far, though, right? It's been fun. It's been yeah. fun. I lost track. No, there's my daughter up there. Okay, because I lost track of my daughter. <laughs> but she's head. around somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I see her head bobbing. What's the? Um, what's what are some of the the bigger purchases that you've made over the years here? I, I didn't realize that the show. I was talking to a gentleman before, and he said that um, the show has been going on since the '90s. It has. I've been doing this show for many years. Um, Listen to you guys for a little bit. Yeah, I've been doing this show for many years. Um, it, it, Delaware used to be a great, great show for buying. Um, I mean, I found numerous things over the years. I found what kind for of stuff? 
carded Star Wars figures, droids and Ewoks, and there was there was some vintage um, He-Man stuff, like foreign He-Man stuff. I walked in one time, um, some of the European stuff. So I mean, I found I found a lot of a lot of higher end things here over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a show that you know there wasn't there wasn't a ton of early buyers coming in mm-hmm. over the years. Now it's a little different. A lot more competition now, but for for many many years it was. You know, there wasn't much competition walking around buying, especially on the higher end stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was always nice. You know, uh, the area around here is not, it's, I don't want to say, it, it's a little depressed, the area around here. Um, so, you know, there wasn't a lot of high-end buying going on usually. So it was a nice area to come down. You can actually, you could find some some of the nicer stuff. It seems more mom and pop stuff too, people cleaning yep. out their house. Very much so, very much so. But it's changed over the years. It used to be, I mean, I... There used to be another room down the hallway that was more tough. Oh, right, yeah. So uh, Up until, I would say, what, 2018 or prior so? Prior to COVID, yeah. It's been, it's been changing a little bit here and there. But no, it's always been great. It's always been a great show. How was RetroCon for you last week? Really good. I was able to uh, unload a bunch of stuff I didn't need. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty good. I, di- I didn't have that much to bring home. Um, so it worked out, worked out well. I mean, I didn't clear, you know millions of dollars but mm-hmm. it was worth it for the weekend did you find anything there to buy um not much not much I mean I bought a couple things for myself to, to, to sell but nothing nothing for me I thought it was a great show and it was really nice I got to see you and, and Mike and uh, and Ben uh, and then it just it made it fun you yeah know, no it was fun absolutely yeah. Ben's here today too yes. Ben's uh, a couple of boots over yeah so and Mike was here earlier mm-hmm. yeah and Rich, we got Rich, Rich was here. Yeah, yeah. Rich helped me price some of my posters uh, last night. Are these original posters? Uh, so yes and no. So the Return of the Jedi is original. This is original to the '90s. The Empire Strikes Back. And this one's original to the '90s, I guess. But it's a known reissue from '92, which sells for about hundred or two hundred dollars. I thought it was a cheap reproduction. He's like, no, it was it was, an, it was a reissue from the '90s, which is a known. But I guess it's a sought-after one, so... Yeah, a friend was telling me that people buy these reprints and they have them signed instead of the original ones because they don't want, want to... want to the original? Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Good. So... How long will you stay at the show today? I think it's three. I gotta pack up and then get crazy home. So, uh... We'll Crazy's see. a sweetie. Oh, she yeah. really is. Well, three, three hours of uh, children's music in the car is always... <laughs> it's always amazing. <laughs> When's your next show? Uh, Legions Con in New Jersey, which is all about um, focused around the Four Horsemen mm-hmm. and their products. Uh, so that's in November for. They do November. Mythic Legions. They do Mythic Legions, but also we also have Toy Con in New Jersey. I think next weekend. Uh, two weeks from now. Is it two weeks? Yeah, I thought it was the fifteenth, which is next yeah. weekend, isn't it? No. Two weeks. From now. Okay, good. Yeah. Then I can maybe do it. Yeah. Because two next weekend I'm kind of tight, but. Um, Anyway, that, I'm not setting up with that one. I walk around, busy, yeah. But um, Legion's kind of have a, actually have a booth that. So. Okay. Fun. fun, fun, always. All right. Well, I hope you do really well for the rest of the day, and you sell all this stuff. And uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad. Really though, I mean, any chance we get where we can hang out like this is always a blessing. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I have my your boxes on yep, my table. Absolutely. Yeah, so cool. All right. So it's noon now, I'm taking another lap around, and one of the things that struck me is just how lucky we are that we get to do this again. I, you know, every time I'm at a show, I always seem to think back to the time uh, during the pandemic where we just 
we weren't able to attend shows, uh, or you know, everything was um, was heavily regulated, and and it just you know, it was it was hard to communicate with people at times too through masks and. Um, again, it's just it's a real blessing to be able to to be back at a show like this, uh, to be shaking hands and seeing people again, um, and just to be surrounded by by collectors and uh, the the items that they collect too. So um, I haven't found anything else, and that's okay. Uh, I picked up um, a few prototypes uh, from a friend, which was which was great. Uh, I was hoping to do so, and. That, that kind of, you know, that really made the trip as far as purchases, but um, but it's just nice to be back here. So, really, if there's a show around you, you know, just think back to that time over the past two years where we weren't able to do it. And uh, if you're on the fence about going, you know, always lean toward going because we don't know uh, when we won't be able to again, you know, if we won't be able to again. So, but so far it's been a great show. It's really nice to just see people in the catch up, spend time with people like. Eric and Mike and Rich and Ben and Pete and little Audrey. Audrey's adorable. Uh, we had a really good time. We walked around the show together and stuff. And uh, she's purchased some really cool pieces so far, too. Uh, she's a little collector as well. Takes after her dad. So, But anyway, I think I'm going to be winding down soon and heading out. Uh, but I'll just take another lap around just to make sure I didn't miss anything. So it's, it's about 12.30, um, hanging out here with my friend Ben Leach, and uh, we are standing it, kind of off to the side right now. It, it seems like it's, it's a quieter moment. I think some people are, you know, have left to get lunch. Uh, ben, what's the show been like for you? Uh, it's been pretty good. I, I am not a regular dealer at shows, and I had a big show last weekend, so, um, but I have friends that set up here, and I've been doing this show, I think, every time since about 2009 so um, you know it's just an interesting mix of slightly older stuff so yeah I've been happy with what I've sold I moved some more stuff along can't complain on the day and uh, it's miserable weather so <laughs> so it wasn't like I was going to do anything else better with my time today. I, I saw four accidents in the span of about seven minutes as I was driving here it was, it was crazy well but don't tell me that I mean I have to drive home <laughs> um, so if, if somebody was coming to your table, what kind of stuff would they say? I mean, I, I just try and bring a nice variety of whatever I can find, uh, you know, out and about. I, I'm all about the hunt. And, you know, as, as you get older, like, a lot of my collection would come from flea markets and yard sales, and I was always hunting for bargains. Now, as I've kind of evolved as a collector, as most of us end up doing, I'm not going to stumble upon toy prototypes at yard sales, <laughs> although occasionally I have, but very rarely. Um, yep. So basically what I'm finding out and about are collections I'm getting, you know, keeping the things that I want and selling the rest of it and kind of passing along the bargains that I get to others. And again, I don't do this professionally so I try to stay local but it's it's a nice way to offset the cost of the collectible spending that we all inevitably do. And so what does your collection look like then? Like what kind of what kind of lines or items do you, do you tend to focus on? Uh, I've always gravitated to short-lived toy lines because that's what I had a lot of as uh, a kid. I would get a lot of my toys at yard sales and flea markets but also uh, the clearance aisles at KB and Toys 
R Us were two for a dollar. And right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but but I realized that by gravitating toward those things, I genuinely liked them. And you know, there were lines I was into as a kid, like Supernaturals, where I was getting all mine in 1990, not realizing that the line had been dead for three years at that point. Uh, to me, they were just fun toys, and they appealed to me. And I realized there were a lot of toys like that. And then uh, you get into them, and you don't realize how many foreign exclusives and ultra rare things there are. Um, So, yeah, so my collection is a nice variety of, like, lines that only lasted a year or two. A lot of people are aware that I have a large Mr. T focus, which is mostly comprised of I wouldn't say toy there there are a lot of toys in there but um, there's a lot of other ephemera and advertising and just general pop culture stuff so I've been doing that since high school and what's the what's the centerpiece Mr. T piece in your collection I don't know if I can point to one uh, I do have a hand painted uh, kind of like I hesitate to call it a proto-mold because it's not articulated like an action figure would be. Mm-hmm. Basically a presentation model that Galoob used for Toy Fair in 1984 to show that they had the license. Basically promising uh, toy stores and dealers and vendors that were in attendance, like, we have the license, this is the scale, we've got the rights to do a likeness of Mr. T, this is the scale it's going to be, this is what it's going to look like. Um, so, you know, and early glue prototypes are very, very difficult to get, so I'm very fortunate to have uh, a piece like that in my collection, but uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff I, I just really enjoy uh you know, I, I mean, I, I started collecting in my senior year of high school. I still find stuff that I've never seen before, and I have over thirteen hundred items in my collection. So uh, it's been it's been a fun journey. That's awesome. And speaking of Galoob, uh, you and I had a conversation last week at RetroCon. Uh, we were talking about the, the Star Wars micro machines of the nineteen nineties, and you shared something really interesting with me, and I was hoping you'd, you'd share it today. Sure. So this is an anecdote that came from a former Galoob employee. Um, I. I My interest in these obscure toy lines has led me to, uh, you know, toy research, track down prototypes and other material that uh, employees might have saved. But I always try and get interesting (laughs) stories out of it. So this story comes from a former Galoob employee who was there at the end of uh, what we know as Galoob, like when they were using the Galoob logo. And... um, Basically, what happened was when Hasbro renegotiated their contract with Lucasfilm pre-episode one, there was a certain number that they had to meet in terms of sales. You're talking about the entire Star Wars line had to meet? Right, right. That Hasbro had to meet to guarantee the line because they were trying to do this bidding war uh, with other companies because... And Lucasfilm was so desirable at that point. Right, and the prequels were like the the guaranteed moneymaker at that point. Like, it's like, it's the first new Star Wars movie, you know, based on the sales of... And and then by that point, you'd had so many people become collectors... uh, um, you know, people that were kids in the 70s and 80s now had this expendable budget, so they they, they knew... 16 years of hype, and it all of a sudden... Right. Yeah. And then if they could meet those ridiculously high sales figures in that first year, then they they had the license on lockdown for however long they've had. I'm sure they've renegotiated several times in the last couple of decades. Um, but that, but there, there was this... 
if they had, if Hasbro had just done the three three quarter inch line, even if it sold gangbusters, even if all these stores ordered, which many did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough, it wasn't going to be enough to reach this high number that Lucasfilm had set. So in order to meet that number, uh, again, this is the anecdote that was told to me by the Galoob employee, they had to build their portfolio. So Galoob, Tiger, any company that basically had the Star Wars license already, um, it was economically more sensible for Hasbro to just buy these companies outright because they had the Star Wars license already and then add those to the sales figures that they needed to meet and then only by doing that were they going to be able to meet that goal that Lucasfilm had set for them. So that's why, so there was this big consolidation in the late 90s that was spurred on by episode one uh, where that's why Galoo ceased to exist. They were doing fine as a company. It's just Hasbro was like, we need to meet these numbers and if you fall under us, then we get to retain this, you know, money making, which again, they still have the Star Wars license to this day. So clearly it panned out for them. Uh, but it's a shame because, you know, Galoob was kind of their own thing. And, uh, you know, as uh, there's been a couple of attempts to revive the Micro Machines brand since then, but to varying degrees of success, but nothing and like... the same... Yeah, yeah it's, it's never quite been the same. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame when a company as successful as Galoob was absorbed under those circumstances. A lot of consolidation happening, uh, you know, corporate consolidation happening as a result of Star Wars, which we all love Star Wars, but, you know... It is a machine. It's yeah, an empire. Yeah, it is an empire unto <laughs> itself. So I just found that interesting, you know, coming from the perspective of someone who lost out on that. I mean, he lost his job as a result because they, you know, he didn't want to relocate to Rhode Island. So, you know, I mean, that was it for him and many other people that worked at the Lube. So, um, so it's kind of, you know, there are unfortunate casualties as a result of that. And, and ultimately the Micro Machines brand, uh, you know, just didn't survive as as a result of that merger so and and hearing that too i mean for me it it makes sense now because the micro machines of the 90s were so popular and were so creatively done and and it just seemed perfect and then it just ended you know it hit a point where it just stopped and and you don't you know for a while you really weren't hearing about galoob you weren't hearing about even tiger electronics after after a short time so it makes sense to know that they were basically wrapped under uh, Hasbro, and then you know, eventually what the-, the Tiger Electronics thing actually worked incredibly well for Hasbro because Tiger did Furby, and so I think they had the Tiger thing locked down before Furby came out, which was one of those wildly unexpected success stories right. in the toy industry. Where they, they basically got uh, Star Wars for free yeah. at that point. And I have to admit, so I was 15 when Episode One hit, and it took me an entire summer to pay off the entire three three quarter inch line uh, at the time mowing lawns and you know just sacrificing my allowance every single week to get to that point and uh, i have to admit like i had been collecting both the micro machines and the then kenner slash hasbro's three three quarter inch line up until that point and micro machines like that's the one i cut off and you know i mean i don't regret getting the episode one figures at the time everybody was into them yeah 
yeah, everybody was in the hype. But now I find myself paying a lot of money to get the action fleet pieces in particular, <laughs> especially those later release yes. ones. There are some very rare toys that I do not recall getting to stores at all at that point. So, you know, um, I'll get them eventually, but I sure wish I had gotten those back in the day. Whereas, like, we, we all hoarded, uh, you know, Kiati Mundis <laughs> and, uh, and Padme Nabberies. CO Bibble. Yeah, CO Bibbles. Well, yeah, all these things that we thought, like, oh, well, 20 years from now, these are going to be worth a lot of money. Even, even five years from now, they were going to be worth a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, go figure. But, um, but yeah, uh, but it's, you know, I'm hoping to learn more and get some more perspective because I'm into a lot of other uh, lines that Galoob did at the time. Uh, you know, Star Wars Micro Machines, there's, there's some very uh, passionate collectors about those. And, you know, it's interesting to see what's out there. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I'll leave that research up to the other people. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to f- continue to focus on these obscure lines and, you know, try and get these stories of uh, lesser-known lines eventually uh, properly told. You seem to be doing really well with that. So, yeah, it's always nice to uh, it's always nice to see your latest pickups and, and to kind of see the direction that, that you've gone and, and to the level uh, and, and depth that you've gone in that, too. It, it's, you know, for toy collecting... It's pretty cool. I think, uh, as, as you shared with us once, uh, Mr. Rob Bruce said that you are Rob Bruce 2.0, and I, I think that fits. He called me the future of collecting. I don't know if he meant the comp as that as a compliment <laughs> or whatever, but uh, I think he meant it as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have some like imported Japanese stuff at my booth at the show, and uh, and my brother-in-law said, "I guess you're the new Rob Bruce." But he, but to his point was kind of like. Rob Bruce was the kind of guy who brought that stuff and and when you have someone like that who's so you know unique in so many ways but you know I mean this show I've been doing long enough and there's a, there's a number of dealers that I know who have sadly passed away you know typically older but some people around our age due to tragic circumstances and you know everybody's bringing their own personality their own uh, unique qualities to this field and 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 you know no single person knows everything we all learn from one another we do and, and we build on that knowledge right right and yeah. so when you take some someone out of the equation that has that knowledge, you know, you try and share it as much as possible, but ultimately, you know, some of that's lost. And, and I mean, you know, for those of us that do talk to people in the toy industry, if people were working on toys that we were passionate about in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, if they're still alive, they are, you know, they are not young people. And, uh, you know, we have to keep in mind that their memory might be a little uh, suspect at this point. But, um, you know, I think by working together, we piece together those stories. And, uh, you know, I think we're all constantly learning new things. But, you know, I definitely want to get that stuff documented now while there are people alive who remember it because I think the toy industry because of that corporate consolidation that was happening so long ago um, you know uh, the toy industry is just different now and I don't know if the kids of today are going to be as passionate about it as we are so I do feel like it's important to document what it was like in the toy industry in the time that we remember so fondly because I don't think it's going to be operating in the same way you know for the foreseeable future I agree yeah uh, it'll be interesting to see what people collect, what the, the next generation, the generation after that collect, uh, and, and if things like, like toys are, are still relevant at that point. 
Yeah, I think there's always a desire to play, but uh, ultimately um, we should be letting the kids decide what they like. I, I One thing, you know, I've met some awesome kids that are just really into Star Wars that are getting into it thanks to the Disney Plus shows because that's their earliest experience with the franchise. But ultimately we should let kids, we should not force kids to collect what we like just because we like it. Because if, nobody forced us. Right. If they naturally end up liking this there's a, <laughs> there's plenty of toys to go around uh but uh but yeah it, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see what they're and i'm always kind of looking in the toy aisle and trying to think like oh i think i think the kids of today will be you know really into that i i look at what Fortnite toys for example out there i don't play Fortnite, but i think there's some really clever and creative designs and there's mm-hmm. a ton of toys out there and, and a huge I, amount of interest over the years right so i i really do see something like that when those kids get older i think they're they're going to be willing to step it up and and pay up for it and and honestly these are kids who are kind of used to what toys are priced at now i think for us like the idea of a 20 25 dollar action figure we're appalled because we remember getting them for five six dollars for so two dollars yeah yeah but I, I mean they're at a point i mean the articulation is better the sculpting is better but they are a collector driven thing but that's the thing even the kids that are getting those toys today are kind of appreciating them more as collectibles because they are rather than so much more toys expensive. in a toy box yeah um, is there is there a line that you've seen from say the 80s and 90s um, that really that you you would have expected to be more popular than it is where it just it didn't take off as, as much as you would expect it to do you mean take off like back in the day or take no, off take among collectors among collectors now um I was just remarking to someone I think Kenner's aliens and predators stuff is incredibly fun most of it outside of like the European releases uh, is readily available. I think it's Kenner hitting its prime uh, and it's based on two very popular franchises that continue to survive today. Um, the sculpting department was on point. They, they were loaded with action figures as it was a creative spin on these hard R-rated franchises, which is why I didn't have those toys as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I didn't either. Because uh, I, didn't, I couldn't see, I wasn't allowed to watch the movies at that point. But I've been picking them up cheap and it's like, man, these are incredibly fun toys. And, you know, I, I think we think of the investment angle an awful lot uh, when it comes to this stuff and you really should be collecting what you remember fondly and Absolutely. and you know especially if it's not costing you a fortune or you to have do a connection so. to yeah i mean the the other the, the obscure line that many kenner collectors know me for is savage mondo blitzers and that is born out of very specific and very fond childhood memories of that line and you know that wasn't kenner's finest moment but it connected and resonated with me and you know they're they're worth something to, but they, they're not. I'm not going to retire on like right. <laughs> on yes. on that You're not line. building a, a Savage Mondo Blister empire. No, but every time, but the for I will see Instagram posts of people that like are just now rediscovering them 30 years later. It's like, oh man, these toys were cool. These were really awesome. Yeah. And yeah, it's that's the way it should be. It's like you should be, you know, you. I mean, you don't want to be overpaying for something that's not worth a whole lot but you know I think you should indulge like what you're interested in and because I do think I do think there's an awful lot of collectors that are driven by 
uh, rare rarity and value rather than their own personal interest and nostalgia. Sure. I know I'm guilty of that. I remember I was really excited to own the Mego Greatest American Hero Ralph figure. It's very rare, you know, Mego three three quarter inch piece. I've never seen an episode of Greatest American <laughs> Hero in yeah, my life. Yeah. And I was like, so why am I excited about it? I was excited because it was rare, mm-hmm. not because I had any emotional or and personal attachment to it. The rare stuff is, is fun, um, as long as it's not the folk. Like, or, or getting the stuff that we're not attached to that is rare is fun, as long as it's not the yeah. focus. Because when it becomes the focus, it, it's kind of empty collecting. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I paid this much money for this, or you're, or you're spending it. Um, you know, I, I've kind of learned with my spending, uh, you know, I'll look at it and be like, man, I could have gotten something really special for this line. I like a whole lot more, but for some reason I felt compelled that I, like, it was necessary for me to own this. Sure. Yeah. And again, we've all done that. Um, I've, I found like I was, my focus has always been on the Kenner vintage Star Wars figures, but as I got to watching the um, the Clone Wars animated series, which I started to catch up on, you know, around the time of Rogue One and Force Awakens, because I was waiting for the next film to come out, so I wanted something Star Wars. I connected so much to the characters and stories from that line that mm-hmm. it just it became this organic step of, of just collecting the figures and then the prototypes from it because I, I cared about those characters so much and I cared about, I loved the, the style of them and all those elements. So mm-hmm. it's it's funny, you know, just uh, like and for me, that was it was a it was a great way to collect as an adult something that I did not necessarily have as a child, but connected to now. You know, yeah. where I, I, I'm looking at it as a collector, appreciating what they did in that line, the history of it, the the um, the fact that Lucas, you know, collaborated with Dave Filoni and and just what they made from that that world. So, yeah, it's um, we're never we're never too old to to get into something new, and we're never too old to collect. So. For sure. Fantastic. Well, Ben, I'm glad we got to chat today. And uh, I hope uh, the show is, is good for, for you and your sister and brother-in-law for the, uh, for the rest of the day. And uh, what's on tap for, for after the show? Dinner <laughs> and a nap. <laughs> and, 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 and trying to fight the Sunday scaries of, uh, of uh, the, the returning to, to the real world. Uh, sure. uh, that's what I always say when I finish a toy show and I go to work on Monday and you just, you're just you dealing with a whole different set of people who have no clue. Yes. You what? step off of one track and you get onto another one. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. Well, I hope you have a good rest of the day. And thank you so much for taking the time Thanks. to chat. Thanks for talking to me. It's almost 2 o'clock, and I just left the Delaware Toy Show. It was one of the more fun times that I've had at a show in a while. And if I had to compare it to one, uh, or to point to another show where I had a similar experience, I would say it was Andy Cook's Toys for the Ages Expo last June. Um, That was just a, a really fun time, and it was more about being with people um, than, than any sort of pickups or purchases, although I have to say there were great items at both shows. But this was just a really nice one. Uh, it was nice to, to see people like Pete, Mike, Ben, Rich, Linda and Glenn, um, Harry. I mean, there, there were so many people that I, I saw at the show, and a lot of times, you know, they're people that uh, I don't get to see frequently. Uh, sometimes, you know, months go by or even a year will go by. So it was just nice to be with everybody. Um, 
the the show quieted down, I'd say by about lunchtime. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, it picks back up after lunch. But um, one of the problems is with, you know, with the rain like this, um, it's it's really hard to uh, to get people to, to come out once the weather's really bad. And so I don't know if you can hear the wipers in the rain right now, but it's um, it's a pretty rough ride. I, I stayed a little longer because I wanted to, to wait out the rain because it was just, it was torrential. So anyway, the experience was a really good one. It was just, a, you know, another opportunity to hunt for toys. Um, so my pickups really, you know, it came down to two vintage figures, a loose Luke Jedi that I couldn't pass up. I think I paid $10 for it. And then um, I got a complete Jawa for $20. Um, I realized that I, I don't, th I have some Jawa blasters, but I don't think I have a Jawa figure, to be honest with you. Um, and so I, I do like picking them up when I find them for uh, for good deals. So those were my vintage pickups. And then my modern pickup, uh, which I, I, you know, had planned already, was uh, a series of bagged first shots and samples um, from a, a number of uh, different lines. Um, some pretty desirable characters and then some um, uh, some tertiary characters. But uh, so it was nice to be able to pick those up as well too. Nice to see everybody again. Nice to come down to Delaware. Um, you know, it's 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 great being out like this and getting a chance to do so. I wish the weather had been a, a little less rainy, but other than that, just a, a perfect day. Uh, you know, really getting to spend time with people where you know, some are friends and really, I mean, some are family. So it's, uh, and I would say most of the people that I, I would say the, the people, most of the people I see have become like family. Definitely, definitely the people I mentioned earlier. So, um, yeah, so I just, I, I want to thank, uh, Eric and Ben and Pete for taking the time out to speak with me. Uh, it was great also meeting people like Bruce who just kind of fell into the conversation, uh, you know, and I, I got to hear a little bit about what he collects as well, too. And, um, and so it was just, again, a nice overall experience. A good reminder that if there is a toy show in your area, definitely attend it. You know, if you're able to get out there, it, it's always worth it. You never know what you'll see, who you'll meet, uh, and what kind of experience you'll have. So tune in for more on Star Wars prototypes and production.